AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. We are at the Wisconsin Corn and Soybean Expo in the Wisconsin Dells. We're talking trade, farm bill, biofuels, and the priorities of the corn, soybean, and hog producers here in the Badger State. Live, it's Groundhog Day again. Via again? Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk this morning. We'll begin with a conversation with Ann Thompson from the National Corn Growers Association. Then it's Virginia Shoot. Houston from the American Soybean Association. And right after the news, Greg Henderson from Drover's Eye, a handsome newsman, Davis Michelson. Now here's the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. Okay, I just got to admit, here I am at the Wisconsin Dells. Davis, um, you got to help me out. Dude, right. can you somehow, some way, quick get me a pair of your Speedos? Because I forgot mine. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll okay. have my people, uh, you know what, I'll have them hand deliver. Okay, that, be? that would be great. The other thing is, I brought my recipes for Groundhog. Okay. So if if anybody needs those, I'm more than willing to share those recipes for Groundhog later on in the show. Ah, oh, terrific. Because, See? you know, there's there's nothing like a good piece of Groundhog. You, know, you roast it up nice and slow. You cook it in a pie. There's so many ways to cook it. That's right. That's right. You know, one thing that I've really discovered is smoked Groundhog. Ooh. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. Juicy. Mm-hmm. Juicy. Mm-hmm. Sounds delicious. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to AgriTalk. We are at the Wisconsin Corn and Soy Expo. Um, you know, I've been trying to figure out how many times I've been up here to the show. I'm thinking that this is like six or eighth time. We had a great panel this morning. We're going to get some highlights from that panel discussion on today's show. Uh, we've got reps from NCGA. We've got reps uh, from ASA. And uh, we're going to dig a little deeper into what is going on with those organizations here in the state of Wisconsin. So, got a lot of ground to cover, man. It, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. It, and what and what a great trade show, and what a great facility here at the Kalahari. It, cool. It, it, yeah. I, I mean, this part of the the building that we're in now, it's only like three years old, something like that. It's beautiful. It's spacious. It's it's fantastic. Sounds like the joint's jumping, bro. It I is. can kind of hear in the background a little bit. It is. Absolutely. And the corn growers, Wisconsin corn growers, nice enough to give us a spot right here in a prime spot uh, mm-hmm. uh, so that we can do our broadcast. All right. You ready? Should we get to the news? Let's get to it. President right. Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy began face-to-face debt ceiling discussions at the White House yesterday. The meeting came as House Republicans have said they want to cut government spending in exchange for voting to increase the nation's borrowing limit, but have not agreed among themselves on what cuts they want. The White House has insisted that there will be no negotiating over the debt limit and reiterated yesterday that Congress should raise it without conditions. Yeah, well, it's easy to decide that the spending should be cut. Mm-hmm. It's where the de- the details then become very important because right. we're talking about cutting some mandatory programs. So they're going to be funding. It's just a question of how deep they're going to be cut. Well, Chip, corn growers told congressional members and their staffs they must hold the line over Mexico's proposed ban on imports of GMO corn. 
During a congressional briefing, members of the National Corn Growers Association said if that ban takes effect, it will block most U.S. corn imports into Mexico and would be a significant blow to the American economy. Iowa's Chuck Grassley asked why the White House moved aggressively against Canada on dairy, but not so far against Mexico for its planned GMO corn ban. Chip, what makes the distinction there between the dairy and the corn? I think it's because one is easier to understand than the other. Uh, huh? it, you know, GMO is something that it, it's... It, AMLO is looking for, what, more... Uh, more scientific evidence. How many? Mm-hmm. We've quit counting how many meals were served with GMO product. Right. I mean, the testing is proven. Well, Senators John Thune of South Dakota and Minnesota's Amy Klobuchar reintroduced the Conservation Reserve Program Improvement Act. The bill bolsters the CRP by improving access to grazing, maximizing enrollment options for producers, and addressing implementation issues following the 2018 Farm Bill. Chip, this is interesting. BP will reportedly dial back its push into renewable energy. Disappointed in the returns from some of the oil giant's renewable investments, CEO Bernard Looney points to uh, plans to pursue a narrower green energy strategy and place less emphasis on environmental, social, and governance goals. That's ESG, baby. They want to help clarify that those are not distracting the company from its ability to deliver profits. Analysts and some investors say BP's pledges to shift away from fossil fuels and into renewable energy risk handicapping the company's performance. You know, it's interesting to hear Big Oil talking about ESG and and not just ignoring it, but taking it on and saying, listen, we can't sacrifice because of it. Right. Well, United Airlines has formed a joint venture to develop and then commercialize a sustainable aviation fuel technology using ethanol as the feedstock. United Airlines, Tallgrass, and Green Plains will invest up to a combined $50 million in the venture. The venture is called Blue Blade Technology (laughs) and will produce up to 135 million gallons of ethanol-based SAF annually. Chip, there's some of that domestic demand coming around. Yeah, and that 135 million gallons, it's not like it's just... It, it takes more corn to make that 135 million gallons of SAF than it takes yep. to make 135 million gallons of, of uh, ethanol. So this is real demand. Well, and finally here, the National Chicken Council released its annual chicken wing report projecting Americans will eat a record-breaking 1.45 billion chicken wings during Super Bowl weekend. The figure represents an increase of 2% from last year's report, the equivalent of 84 million more wings than in 2022. Chip. So, eighty-four million. Yeah, I'm. I'll admit, I'm. I put them back on the menu. So, yeah, that, yeah. there you go. I'll that do my kind part. Of accounts for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good stuff, Davis. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk you to bet. you later. Truly. Let's bring in Greg Henderson, editorial director at Drovers. How you doing, bud? Good morning, Chip. Happy Grand Dog Day. Yeah, thank you. So, where are you traveling to today? What you got going on? So, Chip, I'm in New Orleans for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association Annual Convention and Trade Show all week. I know you've been at this show, and it's the obviously the largest uh, cowboy convention in the country, right? And I can't tell you how much better things feel when prices are running for cattle or 20% yep. higher than they were a year ago. You know the mood is uh, has increased, right? You bet. You bet. It'd probably be even that much better if there was some rain coming to the west, uh, the western corner. Well, 
Absolutely. I've talked to many of these guys down here that are really still suffering with this drought. Uh, I know you saw the cattle numbers, the inventory on Tuesday. Oklahoma really hard hit. They're down 7% in cows. But, you know, good news would be, and I listened to the Cattle Facts presentation this morning, um, they're projecting $200 ahead average cow-calf profits. You know, they've been better than that in years past. They've also been worse than that. So we'll take that at this point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Not only have they been worse than that, they've been a lot worse. And it feels, Greg, it feels like that profitability on the cow-calf side is not going to be a one- or two-year thing. There's some, there, It's got some legs to it this time. Well, absolutely, and that's due to these supply shocks that we're anticipating, meaning the numbers are down. And what they caution, the cattle facts analysts caution, is you're going to see a lot of it volatility. You're going to see some wide price ranges between gives and feeders and feeders and fat. You know, it's not going to be an easy ride, but there should be more money down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, man, have fun down there in New Orleans. Thank you, Chip. All right, buddy. That is Greg Henderson, editorial director at Drovers. Watch for coverage from NCBA convention at www.drovers.com. Virginia Houston is up next right here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Do you suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag AgriTalk. Welcome back to the Wisconsin Corn and Soy Expo here at the Wisconsin Dells. Glad that you were with us this morning. Thank you to Wisconsin Corn and Soybean Growers for making our coverage up here possible. We're going to get to a conversation with Virginia Houston from ASA here in just a moment. First, Let's make time for this industry spotlight. Steve Trebitowski is the president of the Wisconsin Soybean Association, and he joins us right now. Steve, welcome. How are you? Well, thanks for having me, Chip. Glad that you are here. Tell me about the Expo. Uh, It's a a premier event that we have multiple sponsors and things like that and attendees. And our attendance really has great numbers this year. Um, We're seeing that recovery from the COVID, and uh, people are excited to be here. Um, it's it's standing room only in a lot of the, uh, the I couldn't shows. believe it. It's it's a great great event. Yeah, this morning I kicked things off uh, taking a look at some of the policy issues. Like you said, standing room only in a big room is kind of hard to do at eight o'clock yeah, in the morning. Is. But you guys did it. That's yeah. that's fantastic. 
What's new at uh, Wisconsin Soybean Association? Well, with Wisconsin Soybean Association, obviously the forefront is this expo. There was a lot of planning going into this um, with our uh, planning commission uh, with the Corn and Soybean Expo, and it's all come together. That's a big part. Obviously, the biodiesels, things like that, biofuels. Um, we have a pilot program with the uh, city of Madison. Yeah. They have vehicles with the products, and it's going over very well. And there's a, a multiple other things, obviously, the oil in, in asphalt and things like that. So uh, yeah. we're working on a lot of those projects. Obviously, uh, the crush plant is always in the back of our mind. Yep. So. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I talked about this morning was that Seems like the soy industry is going to go through some pretty dynamic changes. Dynamic doesn't always mean good. It's going to come with some challenges, but those challenges are all opportunities, aren't they, Steve? Anytime we have demand for our product, you, you yeah. can't complain. Demand is the driving factor, and we need that, and, and, and it's so exciting. Um, and we continue to create more value-added products for it, and uh, it, it's it's a great time to be a soybean farmer. You know, being a soybean farmer being a promoter of the industry and the and, and the products that come from soybeans you got to be careful because there's a balance right i mean we're we're looking at all the new soybean oil demand that is coming in because of the bio-based diesel the renewable diesel uh sustainable aviation fuel good grief there's big news there that united airlines is making a big commitment there davis had that in the news um it's that balance. We, there's some anxiety over what are we going to do with all the meal? You know, and, and that is a great problem to have. If we have more <laughs> demand for our product than we know what to do with now, we, we will create that, those products. We'll grow the products. Um, and, and demand is the number one driving factor. Yeah. So uh, this is, that's a great problem to have. Yeah. And the fact that they announced that, that they want to put it in aviation fuel, I think is a great, great step in the right direction. You know, when, when I've talked with uh, USDA Secretary Vilsack about the potential in that market, he keeps throwing out 30 billion gallon, 30 billion gallon. I keep thinking to myself, be careful what you're asking for, because that is a lot to satisfy. But let's... Let's show that it can be done, and then let's move forward and develop the, the product after that. Yeah, and the, the American farmer has always been able to step up and create create those products to fill those demands, no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, with the soybean market, we can grow those acres. Yeah. We can get it done. Yeah. Um, and, and ultimately, it creates a great price and a great return for the farmer. All right. Steve, if you want, stick around, but we're going to bring in Virginia Houston. She's the Director of Government Affairs at the American Soybean Association. Virginia, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Chip. You I'm bet. glad to be here in tropical Wisconsin. Tropical Wisconsin. Yeah, it's tropical everywhere you go around here. It's it's very cool. Thank you, Steve. We'll talk with you later. Okay, Steve brought up a great point about we, we can make the product. And when we're talking about soybean meal in particular, market development is got to be right at the top of the list of things at ASA. Oh, absolutely. International markets are so critically important to the U.S. soybean grower. We're such an export-heavy crop to begin with. Yep. One of three rows of beans grown in the U.S. is destined for an overseas market. So we are constantly working to maintain markets, but also to develop new ones. So as you mentioned with this with this meal um, conundrum, we're looking at new markets that might be there for that meal. If that's Southeast Asia, if that's somewhere in Latin America, yeah. where can we work with producers on the ground to create that demand for U.S. soybean meal? Okay, I want to talk more about Southeast Asia, and we'll come back to it. 
But on the panel that we did this morning, we really didn't get an opportunity to talk about the opportunities in Latin America. That is a that is a very interesting. It should be an interesting market to all soybean growers in the, in the U.S. Absolutely. Mexico is already a very highly developed market for us, but depending on the export year, it's either number one or number two behind the EU and China. Um, but the rest of Latin America holds great potential with a growing middle class, a higher demand for um, livestock. You know, that means there's more opportunities for us to provide the, the meal to feed those animals for the for um, diets that are very intensive in pork and for poultry. As there's more demand for that, there's going to be more demand for U.S. grown soybeans. Yeah. USDA now has an undersecretary for trade. Yeah, they do. It feels like it, it took a while for the Biden administration to get fired up about agricultural trade, but it feels like there's some momentum there now. Yes or no? I would say that, that, the, that there definitely has been a shift since Alexis Taylor was confirmed to that undersecretary <laughs> role. Um, ASA has been very supportive of her the entire process. As soon as she was nominated, we were out the door ready to support her um, moving forward in that confirmation process. But also Doug McCaleb, who yes. um, recently was also um, confirmed the as the trade rep. chief ag negotiator at USTR. So having those two in place, they are our biggest cheerleaders on the export market for U.S. agriculture. And we're just so thankful to have them out the door. You know, I think in the Senate Ag hearing earlier this week, Undersecretary Taylor mentioned in her third week on the job and Doug's second week, they were in Mexico already. I know you'll talk to the corn growers later today, and I'm sure Mexico will come up. But, you know, they're out there. They're ready to fight those battles for us and do the work to make sure that we have access to those markets. So it does feel like there's been a shift since they came on board this year. Feels like a committed pair. When Absolutely. it comes to agriculture. Two very old hands who understand the issues. They understand trade and they understand agriculture. And we really couldn't be in better hands. Good. Good. Okay. Talk to me about Farm Bill. What about the priorities for ASA and the Farm Bill? Yeah. So ASA went through a comprehensive Farm Bill policy priority development session with our members, with our boards and our states in 2022 and released our priorities last year. So we were one of the first out the gate with those. Um, From a high level, you know, one of the important things is making sure the nutrition title remains in the farm bill. Um, While most growers may not think of nutrition as part of the farm bill, we have seen the issues that arise when there are efforts to strip that title from the farm bill. And that means the farm bill will fail. And we think that the two issues together, nutrition and agriculture, have to be together in order to get a farm bill over the finish line and get that buy-in from members of Congress who may not truly appreciate the importance of farm programs because they don't represent farmers. Yeah. Um, Looking at some of the different titles, we're probably going to be asking for an increase in the soybean reference price. I think our growers have expressed frustrations with us that... The reference price didn't trigger during 2018. Mm-hmm. So that's something we'll be asking for for conservation. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier in our panel that the Inflation Reduction Act took care of a lot of the cons- the spending issues around yeah. conservation funding, but ensuring the programs remain voluntary and incentive-based. But also on trade, one of the biggest issues I work on are the market access program and the, mar- the foreign market development program. Okay, Those are two critically important USDA's export promotion programs that ASA is a um, subscriber to that helps us carry out our work abroad. Um, they're overfunded, I mean, underfunded yeah. and overutilized. Yep. So we are asking for a double of funding for both those programs because they are so critical to promoting our exports abroad. Research and development spending, mm. we've got to focus more on it than what we have in the last three farm bills. Absolutely. And that is one of our priorities is that we do support increased investments in yep. um, USDA's REE research programs. 
Um, so we're hopeful to see some of that included in the new farm bill as well. Time is flying by on us here. We've, we've got about a minute and a half left. I said that we were going to go back to Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about some of those markets because they're full of potential. Oh, absolutely. You know, outside of China, six of our 10 top 10 export markets for U.S. soybeans are in the Southeast Asia region, looking at Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, the Philippines. But there are so many other countries in that region that have untapped potential but need further development. Um, you know, we mentioned Cambodia earlier, yep. um, Malaysia, those sorts of countries where uh, we are working on the ground to build up the knowledge and the need for U.S. soy, so that hopefully down the road, thinking 10, 15, 20 years, we will develop those markets to be on par with others in the region. Yeah, you guys, ASA has teams on the ground over in Asia showing producers of poultry, of, of pork, of fish, how the the product can be used. And the the potential on aquaculture alone, Virginia, it just it's mind-blowing. It's fantastic. And we've been doing work for decades, working on aquaculture in international markets. But also, there's potential here in the U.S. Sure. We import between 65 to 85% of the seafood consumed in the U.S., but we don't produce a lot at all. And that's because the regulatory pathways for aquaculture are fairly difficult. Yep. So we're working to hopefully bring those barriers down. Virginia, have a great time here at the Dells. All right. Thank you so much for Thank joining us. Thank you so much, us. Chip. All right. That is Virginia Houston, Director of Government Affairs for the American Soybean Association. Coming up next, we're going to talk corn, Wisconsin corn and NCGA right here from the Wisconsin Dells. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Beach. you know what, buddy? I'll admit, I haven't had a whole lot of time to check the markets this morning. Take me to the grains. What's going on? Well, uh, corn is under pressure, and we had a really big uh, weekly export sales number. So uh, that that provided initial support at the end of the overnight session and early during daytime trade, but that's uh, all gone for now, and, and we're trading uh, you know, solidly lower here at mid-morning. Uh, soybeans, uh, soy meal, they continue to trade to the upside. Uh, forecasts in Argentina uh, aren't very wet over the next 10 days to two weeks, okay. and, and uh, you know, so we're coming off some, some uh, rains there, but... Uh, uh, still some concerns on the crop side. That's given price support. And then the wheat market, uh, along with corn, uh, it's down. And, and the weekly export sales numbers were uh, poor there. Okay, very good. Uh, take me over to the livestock trade. What's happening there? 
Well, uh, pretty big gains, wow. to be honest with yeah. you, uh, across the the entire sector. So uh, cattle and hogs trading to the upside, moderate to strong gains in uh, live cattle futures. Uh, you know, the, the Packers have been dragging their feet, but uh, the expectation is that uh, we will eventually see steady to firmer prices. And, and uh, uh, so I think that today's uh, rebound uh, should help that cause a little bit. Uh, the feeders have just been incredibly volatile here recently and, and uh, you know, big gains ahead of the cattle inventory report uh the big fade of the report yesterday and now a big price rebound today so um increased volatility but uh you know the longer term price outlook there is definitely bullish given the uh, reduction in numbers and then on the hog side of things uh, we are seeing price strength this morning uh, especially in the front end of the market well it's good to see there we need to see a lot more coming back thank you brian that's pro farmer editor brian grady on markets now Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. AgriTalk. Tell you what, there's a whole bunch of people getting their batteries charged here in the Wisconsin Dells at the... uh, at the 2023 Wisconsin Corn and Soy Expo. Thank you so much. Uh, We're gonna get to a conversation with Ann Thompson from NCGA here in just a moment, but first, let's make time for this industry spotlight. Joining us now, Mark Hoffman, president of the Wisconsin Corn Growers Association. Mark, welcome. How are you? It's good to see you. Nice to be here, nice to have you here. All right, Um, so let's start with what it what it means to be a member of the Wisconsin Corn Growers? We we do we as a board do what the members don't have time to do. Yeah. We, we take the time out of our busy schedules to do it for them. Um, it's it's a challenge sometimes because we all farm just like everybody else, and and uh, uh, to, and it's cold out here right yeah, now. That's right. <laughs> that's so right. We're we're hoping that the cold kind of brings some more people just because it'll get them out of the cold. <laughs> it's a team effort. It is. It's it a is. team effort. Big and, time. and if if you're not so inclined to be on the board, you can still be active and have your opinion yes. heard, your voice heard just by simply being a member. Yep, exactly. When when I got on the board, it was because I wanted to give back to my industry. Yeah. I had been on town town government and I had 22 years of that was enough for me. And I said, I'm going to give back to my industry now. And that's when I got involved with corn growers. I travel out to D.C. I've known Ann for quite a while and uh, traveled out there before I was even a board member. And uh, they were kind of grooming me to get to where I'm at today. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. You you know, the corn growers have a tendency of doing that. uh I don't know if you've you've noticed or not. I kind of figured that out. All right. All right. (laughs) So those trips to D.C. that you've done, what does it mean to the membership of the Wisconsin corn growers? That's where I say, you know, we we take the time to do what needs to be done out there. Uh, Hopefully we're taking the same voice to D.C. that they want us to take. Yeah. Um, and, And it's... We try to, you know, it's it's interesting. The first yeah. time I went out there, I'm like, man, that's a lot of concrete. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a farmer deal. <laughs> I hear you. But, I you know, you. We, we do what the farmer doesn't have time to do, like I said, and uh, it's enjoyable. And, yeah. and we get to, to meet nice people like Ann and the rest of the crew at NCGA, and, and yeah. uh, they take us under their wing, and 
gotcha. kind of train us a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I got gotcha. you. So let's talk issues. What, what's at the top of the list for the Wisconsin corn growers now? The the Mexico, uh, yeah, deal with that. Uh, they just we. I mean, we've got a lot of ethanol plants and stuff in in Wisconsin, and if they quit taking GMO. GMOs. They're not going to take the DDGs and stuff, too. Right. So we're going to lose out on a lot of stuff right here in Wisconsin. Let, let's bring her into the conversation, shall we? <laughs> We've got Ann Thompson. She is the PAC and Policy Strategy Director there for NCGA. Ann, welcome. Thank you, Chip. It's, Great to be here. You bet. Uh, Ann was on part of the panel that we did this morning as well. And, of course, Mexico, Mexico's ban or proposed ban uh Proposed isn't even right. Planned, planned, planned ban yes, yes. of uh, genetically modified corn is coming through. Give us the details of it. What's the status, and what are the odds that this is going to happen? Well, I'm not a betting girl, okay. but um, I feel like we have reason to be optimistic. You know, uh, NCGA has been working very closely with Congress and the administration on this issue, and I'd say it's it's, it's gotten a lot of attention as of late. Um, just this Tuesday marked the one-year mark from when the decree should go into effect, January 31st, 2024. So we took an opportunity to, to really draw some attention to Capitol Hill and with the administration on that kind of reverse anniversary. And I think we're getting a lot of traction. We've seen movement. We've seen the administration um, take stronger positions than, than they were back in the fall. And, and so we're very appreciative of, of kind of where they've come on this issue. And, and we feel like we have momentum and reason to be optimistic. What? How? Why? Why is Obrador, President Obrador, pushing this? These are questions I am not equipped to answer, Chip. <laughs> you know, we know that, that biotechnology is, is, you know, gives our farmers tools in their toolbox to, to grow and to feed a growing population. Um, you know, Andy Jobin, who was on our panel this week, likened it to taking back electricity and starting to use candles again. Yeah. It yeah. just doesn't make sense. That's good. That, that's good right there. Um, and it, it's one of those issues that if he is looking for more scientific evidence, I, I, I said it earlier, we've stopped counting. It, it used to be kind of a cool thing. It's so many, you know, X number of meals fed around the world with uh, with genetically modified corn. I think we've quit counting because I don't know if I mean, we'd be into the quadrillions right. by now. And there's no evidence. Of, it's just the strangest thing. Such a such a positive trade partner for us and throwing up or or raising an issue that isn't an issue i it's something for the corn growers to really deal with absolutely it is, it has been top of mind it has been all hands on deck um it means a lot it, you, have you got your number? I, what, so what the mean, economic impact yeah, the, if this decree went into effect would be a loss of $73.89 billion in U.S. economic output over 10 years and would lead to an annual job loss of 32,217 jobs. Just call this it is enormous. Bill, just, Mark, just call it $8 billion a year. Do you exactly. want to take $8 billion out of, the, out of the U.S. farm economy? Not a chance. Not a chance. And uh, the, the sad part is, is when we, when we started USMCA, Everything looked perfect. Yeah, you know, and then to get kicked like this is just beyond beyond anything. Okay, so I mentioned the president Oberdor. What is his status? That's a great question. So he is a 
Mexico has term limits. He, he is a one-term president, and his they will hold another election in June of 2024. Right. So theoretically, um, you know, six months after the decree going into effect. So, so we really don't have time to wait him out on this. We don't have time. But, boy, if there is one more extension... Then you got to look at what the candidates are saying, and if the candidates are saying, "Listen, we're not going to pursue this ban of a GMO," problem solved. But you can't wait them out. We can't bank on that. No, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that we're having to deal with it. Okay, other farm bill issues, and that that you are are focused on at NCGA. What do you got? Yeah, you know, um, crop insurance is always top of mind for our membership. We we really want to protect crop insurance we know that you know that's always a bit of a target when the farm bill comes around and and so that's a huge priority for us um we'd also like to see the producer safety net strengthened um still kind of working out details and and proposals as to what that could look like but um you know taking a lot of input and and doing our due diligence to to see how the the cards could line up there yeah the the issue with title one mark and the safety net. The safety net, it's dollars. It's dollars. Right, right. It's funding for that thing. The way that the, the safety net works with the Olympic averages, the reference prices are going up. I mean, it's basically $2 billion more than Title I's going to cost in, right. over the next 10 years. I think that's what it is. Anyway, so the, the cost of the program is already going up, but it really doesn't provide a whole lot of safety coverage of the way it stands right now does it because of Not the price structure because of the price structure yeah. and stuff yeah exactly um the, the commodity prices that we're at right now i mean you were just on the radio before yeah. talking about them um it it uh it raises our cost of uh, part of our cost of production with the crop insurance yeah um it's it's <laughs> kind of pricey <laughs> yeah but yeah it's like auto insurance how do you do without right yeah, exactly you exactly know, with with the kind of dollars we exchange anymore you have to have protection. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think it is good enough in the current budget and spending environment to protect crop insurance. I, I don't think we've got a lot of room to make a big ask here, is there? Well, no. No, I don't think so because it's it's the give and take. Yes. I mean, if we want that's this, it. they're going to take it away from over here. That's it. And, and uh, yeah, we'd like to have some more here. But we don't want to lose it over here either. Right. So it's it's a battle. That's that's why we have to, to fight for it. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, the future for ethanol, I think, is getting brighter again. I think so. I think so. Well, give me your thoughts on it. I, I know in our in our area it is because we're getting another ethanol plant coming back online. We had lost one a year uh, two years ago. And it really threw a bind into the local market. Sure did. And uh, but I think that you know, with ethanol coming back, getting into the picture here, um, with the sustainable aviation exactly, fuel and everything, yep. exactly out of out of a group in Madison. Yeah, right here in the state of Wisconsin. Wow. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and I I think you know, people as long as they get their their flight from point A to point B. I don't think they care what kind of fuel is getting getting them there right. as long as they get there. Yep, I and, agree. And uh, uh, we kind of had this discussion with a couple of our group members is let's not tell them what we're using. Don't give them something to argue about. Yep. You know, they're getting there safely. Yep. They don't know what's in there for fuel right now. Why should we change it? Right. But 
It is in the spotlight. Exactly. Sustainable aviation fuel. The whole ESG movement. We yep. talked about that on the panel this morning, Ann. Uh, when United comes out and makes a big deal about it, there is demand there to be met. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and a lot of companies, you know, have... have set very lofty goals for themselves in this ESG movement and, and corn farmers offer a way to to help get them to those goals and, and you know that's a fantastic opportunity for us. You know that is such a excellent way of putting it right there. These companies have set some lofty goals and the way for them to get there is through corn growers. I that's how you get paid. That's I, that's that's how this whole thing is has the potential to work for corn growers going forward. You guys, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank Thanks you. for being thank here. Thank you. All right, that is Mark Hoffman, president of Wisconsin Corn Growers, and, of course, Ann Thompson with the NCGA. Davis and I are going to be right back to wrap up this morning's AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. chickens have come home to roost find out whose fence they're perched on today on agritalk so put your little hand in mine <laughs> there ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb happy groundhogs day Woo-hoo! everybody agritalk everybody davis michelson here from uh, my own Personal Beat Laboratory, Chip Flory, out on the road in Scotty yeah. today. Sounds like a great event. Oh, it is. It, it's fantastic. Uh, like I said, this is not the first time I've been up here. It's. Uh, yeah. I, I think I might be approaching double digits on the number of times I've been to the Wisconsin Corn and grow, Soybean Growers over the years. And uh, this expo just continues to grow. And like Mark was talking about, well, and Steve as well, mm-hmm. um, the, there's a, there is a vibe there's a vibe happening yeah. at this event. You can feel it. Uh, I think people are just really, really anxious to get back into these annual meetings that, you know, at one point, at what point, what were they, Davis? They were an annual reunion for the decision makers, but it was yep. also a whole lot of people showing up to see people that they hadn't seen since the last expo. Yep. We're back to it. We're yep. back to it. And as a matter yep. of fact, guys like Mark just walking by points at you and says, hey, it's good to see you again. Good to see you too, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the show. All right. Um, uh, Groundhog Day, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping here. Apparently, Punxsutawney Phil emerged reluctantly but alertly and said, I definitely see a shadow six more weeks of winter. Chip. <laughs> well, 
I think we say we have this conversation every year. We have the conversation. It's six more weeks to the end of winter. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. yeah. Not just meteorologically, but yeah. you know, kind of like on the calendar too. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah that, that groundhog. Way to go, you know? Puxitani. You You're great, lose. man. You can't lose. That's can't right. Lose. <laughs> um, your conversations today, um, Corn Growers Soybean Association, uh, the whole bit there covered a wide scope there, but there was sort of a central theme. It feels like there's an awful lot of optimism surrounding biofuels. I'm going to yeah. swing us back to a story I had in the news. Uh, United Airlines forming a joint venture gonna uh, with uh, Tallgrass and Green Plains. United will invest a combined $50 million in this venture, right? hoping to produce up to 135 million gallons of ethanol-based sustainable aviation fuel annually. This is a big deal, and when we talk about optimism, this feeds directly into that, no? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. ADM has made the a similar investment, uh, what was that, 18 months ago? Uh, Jivo Energy down in uh, in, in yep. uh, Cedar Rapids, they've committed. There is a lot of ethanol production that's already been committed to the sustainable aviation fuel industry, and it, it it's not one for one. It's not like you can take one gallon of ethanol and make one gallon of fuel for the sustainable aviation fuel. It, there is a multiple involved there, so you have to get over the idea of what this costs. Because Davis, and I can't believe that I'm saying this, but the cost is secondary. Mm. The cost is secondary. Mm-hmm. Ann brought it up uh, in the last segment. It's the ESG and the lofty goals of some of these companies that are out there. United is one of them. United has been putting money where their mouth is and making the investment in products like sustainable aviation fuel and they're teaming up with some some of the ethanol producers out there to make sure that it's doing it now i'm sitting here across from the booth at the biodiesel hi everybody i see you listening over there uh, yeah they did they did hello, Very, yeah. hello biodiesel so, <laughs> so there's obviously the bio-based component or the biodiesel and the in the the soybean mm-hmm. oil base component of the sustainable aviation fuel as well so it this one crosses both lines and i think for a long time th- there was just a uh, th- there there was a misconception that sustainable aviation fuel was bio-based diesel component only mm-hmm. no there mm-hmm. is ethanol involved in that whole effort and <laughs> When you talk when you talk about the total market for that being up around thirty five billion gallons, and the thing is, what Mark said I think is absolutely right. There are going to be some out there that are saying, "Listen, I, I really don't care what that jet engine is burning. You're Just right. get me from point A to point B and get me there safely." Well, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. I'm all in on that. But Davis. If United is burning X percent of sustainable aviation fuel and Delta isn't, who's going to be making the big deal out Mm -hmm. of we're better than they are? United. I mean, it's going to become a competition. It becomes a race at some point with, with uh, with the consumers 
that keep the ESG issues in mind when they're making right. decisions. Right. This is this. It's not going away. It's not going away. Well, and you know that maybe tell them that they they just flew to Pittsburgh on biofuel. Once they land. And then say, hey, and by the way, there's yeah. biofuel for your car, too. You can use it all the way home if you like. Maybe stop That's in right. and get some delicious, clean-burning ethanol. It's, you know, <laughs> tastes good, too. Um, don't drink the ethanol, don't Chip. Drink Come on now. Again, one more time. Do not drink the ethanol. I need to remind you. Right. You keep forgetting, don't you? I do. That's why you're so fired up. I love it. <laughs> but, yeah, the... The, the efforts are there. The investment is there. Um, the movement behind sustainable aviation fuel, the movement behind renewable diesel. I know that there is disappointment in the industry over the proposed renewable volume obligations, the blending mandates uh, from the, from the um, uh, bio-based diesel stakeholders. I understand that. But I think the demand and the the investments that are already in place, and we've got we've got BP. BP yes. is talking about its shift yep. to an ESG model, they, and they are they're 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 putting up a little bit of a a, a fight against that. I guess I would they're say they're pushing back. Is what it sounds they're pushing, like, yeah. yeah, they're pushing back. But that's an admission that this is having an influence on what on how they're doing business. I think it's fantastic. It, yep. it, it is something to really watch. Hey, we're going to be here right here. back here this afternoon. Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin Corn and Soy Expo. Yeah. We'll have Mike North with us.